Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine. We invite you to join us as we take a deeper look into the stories and ministries highlighted in Christian Living Magazine. Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight. I'm Sandy Jones, the host and publisher of Christian Living Magazine. This show has been made possible by a generous grant that we received so that we could come to you each week and take a deeper dive into the stories and ministries you'll find in Christian Living Magazine. I am super excited today to have my friends Patrick and Sophia Fleming in this week's Spotlight. Patrick and Sophia are joining me today to talk about their work with the Bucket Ministry and coincidentally, well, not coincidentally, because we think that God, we know that God sent you there, um, the work that you ended up also doing with the Mercy Children's Center, whose school is known as the Shim Academy in Kenya. So thank you, Patrick and Sophia, for joining me. How are you guys doing today? Good. Thank Great. you for having Thanks us. Thanks for having us. So for, for our longtime readers of Christian Living Magazine, we featured Christopher Beth and the Bucket Ministry as our cover story in September of 2019. For those who've never heard it before, it's a funny backstory to how that even happened. Sophia and I are actually, Patrick and Sophia are personal friends of, of my husband and I's. So outside of our professional connections, we're friends. And one day she called me and, and said, just matter of factly, um, Christopher Beth will be here the first week of July and you have an appointment to meet with and interview him on this day at this time. And that's not normally how we do things at Christian Living, but I know Sophia and I trust her. And honestly, I thought, well, if it's junk, I can always tell her afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not how it ended up. I met Christopher Beth, and I heard his very personal testimony about how the bucket ministry started, and I saw firsthand why my friend Sophia was so passionate about what they do. But that's kind of another story. We'll have mm-hmm. Chris on someday, and, and he can share his story because it's mm-hmm. powerful. But today we're here to talk about how Sophia and Patrick have quite literally jumped into this ministry with both feet, mm-hmm. even through covid you guys have just amazed me when there have been people that have literally been afraid to leave their houses. You guys have not gone to Kenya and, Nairo- and Nairobi both, right? Okay, get it right, Sandy. Multiple times. And it's just inspiring to me. You know, knowing that God's in control, Patrick and I went to with the Bucket Ministry the first time in December 2019. So just prior to the big blowout of the whole COVID thing, and actually we figured it out. And since December 2019, we have traveled in over 37 airplanes. And and so we've actually traveled more in the last two years, almost two years, than we have our entire life combined. Oh, easily. Prior to 2019. Think of the frequent flyer miles you're racking up. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, my husband's training is kicking in there. No, that's good. That's good. So um, so how many times have you been there? Five. Five times. That is absolutely incredible. I got a little bit ahead of myself. What can you tell our listeners about Bucket Ministry? Their programs, how it impacts the lives of those on the receiving end. Well, um, the... Bucket Ministry uses the a Sawyer 0.1 micron uh, water filter, and uh, it's a remarkable piece of technology. It's based on kidney dialysis um, technology, um, and this little filter, uh, it's about four inches long, um, 
will remove all the contaminants uh, that will make you sick. It won't remove chemicals, but it will remove uh, all, of the, all of the bacteria and um, parasites. The parasites and all of that. That usually requires boiling for you know, an extensive amount of time to actually kill all that stuff. But this little filter um, will remove all of that and with proper maintenance can last easily 20 years uh, for uh, providing a family of, with clean water. A whole new lease on life for those who live in these communities where they're drinking out of water out of the street sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Out of the sewer even. Uh, the Chris Beth went on a mission trip with his daughter in 2012 and to the Amazon. And it was more to protect his daughter than it was to go on this great mission for the Lord. But the Lord took his faithfulness and expanded it and told him to help them when uh, he was offered a glass of water out of the Amazon River. And, um, and so when he came home, he did a lot of research on different filters and wells and, and all of these different things. And he came across the Sawyer Point water filter, Point One water filter. And what they're doing with the filter is a humanitarian effort However, he, they couple it with the gospel message, and that's why it's so, so phenomenal in what they're doing. They have given filters to 22,000 families in the, since 2012. And, but what's more important is that 22,000 families have been exposed to the gospel message. And they have quite an elaborate process with that. Can you expand on that just a little bit, how that works? Yes. So they partner with an in-country missionary or pastor, and um, that pastor or missionary has identified a village that is far from God, and they do a pre-assessment of all the homes in in that and they in that village or community, and then they come back to the bucket ministry and the bucket ministry fundraises to get a bucket, a filter, a Bible in their own language, and the parasitic medicines necessary to get them healthy. And for on so far, it has cost about fifty dollars. So for a fifty dollar donation, you can give a family a Bible in their own language, a bucket, and the filter, which will do five hundred gallons of water a day. A um, day. A day. Not not five hundred gallons of water. Period. A no, day. A day. And there's for twenty years. For twenty years. Wow. At least they quit counting. I mean, and um, the beauty about this filter is that you can buy it at Amazon. You can buy it at Cabela's or any any store. But Sawyer is doing, uh, for nonprofits, they give them a discount. They, call it, they sell it to them at cost. And that's the reason why the bucket ministry can do it as uh, at, economically as they do. So um, they get the, the funding for the buckets, and they usually buy the buckets in country. And then they go the, the, to the village, and they do a distribution. And the distribution, they bring at least one member of every family in that community together and they show them that the water's making him dirty. That is still, to me... You mean sick? Make Ill. him sick, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Makes him dirty, too, probably. But. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the dirty water that makes him sick. And when you look at this water, you can't help it, in my mind, think, no, no duh. I mean, this is, this is what's making you sick. But they have to educate them that this is what's making him sick. So, um, so they, they teach them that the water's making them sick. And that the and then they show them how the filter works, and the filter is non mechanical at all. It's um, and it's engineered that if there's a problem within it, it will actually burst and and not work anymore. So even if one of the fiber membranes inside of it breaks, 
um, it's designed that it won't, it'll quit working. So they're not getting, not thinking that they're getting clean water when they're not. Anyway, um, and they just have to back flush it. And then they show them how to clean it and, and how to use it properly. But then they, they explain to them that that's not the free gift. It's free, but that's not the real free gift that we want to give them. What we want to give them is the, is the gospel message. And so they proceed to show them that we are dirty with sin and Jesus is our filter and we come out clean. And that is a very powerful illustration all in all at that same time. And what I found when we were with, uh, with them in Nairobi was that those people thought God didn't care about them anymore. They felt abandoned. They felt abandoned and forgotten. And so when they saw us come from the U.S. and take three airplane rides, because it's not how many miles or how many kilometers you, you, you drove or flew, it's how many airplanes you took. took, took three airplanes to get there. Then they realized that God hadn't forgotten them anymore. That's amazing. It was huge. But the other powerful part of what they do is the filter's free, the Bible, everything is free. They do have to agree to have three follow-up visits in the next four four months. And that's really the bread and butter of it all. Because during those follow-up visits, if they've given their life to Christ during uh, the altar call when the distribution happened, or sometimes they do it during the follow-up visits, those follow-up visits allow the in-country minister or missionary to connect with them and do discipleship afterwards. And that's been very powerful in countries all over the world. They've the 22,000 filters they've distributed were in 20 different countries. So they're not just in Kenya, but they're worldwide. That's amazing. And so as I understand it, the follow-up visits are it's you can have the bucket, but we have to come back three times to check it and make sure that you're backflowing it correctly and that it's working and the opportunity then to further the gospel message is there. Because of what they found is when they first started doing the distributions is that 50% of the people who received the filters quit using them if, if they didn't do the follow-up. When they did the follow-up, they found out that you're, I know it sounds, what? <laughs> Our listeners can't see the look on my face. It's like clean water and not being sick anymore and they don't want to use it. Okay. Well, you know, they're drinking out of a fire hose when they're learning all this information. And so they might not hear exactly how to clean it or... Or mom was the one who was at the distribution, but dad is the one who's home all the time because mom's working in a field somewhere. And so he doesn't know how to clean it properly. And she didn't come home. And so that those follow-ups allow them to do additional training for the whole family. After the first follow-up, it, it goes up to about 85% that uh, are continuing to use them. That, that makes more sense. Patrick, I know as a woman, I process things, process things differently than you do as a guy. And I know... What jerks my heartstrings about this program? What drew you in? Because you're as passionate as Sophia is about this. Well, I was challenged by Chris Beth. And when he came to Boise, he uh, stayed with us. And uh, he and we, we were very much uh, um, intrigued by this filter and what, he, what he's doing. And he gave his testimony. And so uh, we were... It, it, in my backyard and he goes so when are you going to, to africa it's <laughs> like what uh, i don't think that's really on my bucket list um no pun intended so, <laughs> that was good. so uh, a month later i was in in nairobi a month yeah no, three three months was it three months uh yeah so i felt like a month <laughs> well but, there uh, was so much to do to get ready because i remember wa- watching from afar that 
Anyway, keep going. Sorry. Well, it was it was just really remarkable being part of the, uh, did, the doing a distribution in Kibera. Uh, Kibera is the uh, one of the largest slums in Africa, and uh, it it was just appalling to see what the all these folks are have to endure. Um, they they really have a uh, tough life, and uh, just, just to think about what. It the energy that's spent just carrying water where it has to go, and then have, then to have it be contaminated, and then they have to if if they don't want it contaminated, then they have to buy charcoal and boil it, and it's just and when they're living on twenty six dollars a month at the most, yeah, um, for an entire family, yeah, it's a it, it it just was a real reality check. I think a lot of people should should actually get out of the United States and see how the rest of the world lives. Um, it would really change a lot of hearts, I think. You guys, so you didn't come in like you had all the answers either. You came oh, in certainly with not. compassion. And I, and I know that because you made connections and then through social media, some of the people that you met in Kibera found me mm. because we'd done the story on Christopher Bath. And so they, they connected with me through social media. I actually have made a couple of friends over in Kibera. And between the pictures that you two have shared with me and the pictures that they have shared with me, the pictures are horrifying enough. I didn't have the sounds and the smells and, and all of that. I, you know, I haven't walked those same streets. That's, it's, it's hard to imagine. And I know you both keep asking me, when are you coming? And giving it to God because there's a lot of moving pieces that will have to come together for that. But someday I have a feeling that we'll be there together. So what is that like? I, I remember so many things about your first trip because you shared so much with me. Um, you don't go to the restroom alone as a lady and, and, and it's not like an American restroom either. And just the different things. So what are some of the things, some of the big surprises that, that just grabbed you while you guys were there? I was uh, really uh, amazed at how welcoming and how we were treated like we were royalty or we were somebody. It was, uh, it, we, we were always being humbling. Yeah, it was very humbling. Uh, They're always seeing welcome, you know, and that, um, that they just it, go out of their way to make you welcome. You know, uh, we have a standard of living here. Yeah. You know, each of us have our own standard of living where we are. And um, and we need to find joy in where we are in the standard of living we have. What I, one of the things that struck me when I was there is how happy they were, even though their standard of living was so far below, my dog lives better than these people do in the, in the slums. Yeah. Um, there's garbage everywhere the the whole to give you an idea there's 400 408,000 people living in Cabrera it's the size of Garden City but half of the state of Idaho in Garden City with no power legally no sewer system no legal running water they splice in the with hoses they splice uh city water or water that's um being collected in tanks and they splice them with basically electrical tape. And that's going through the sewer water 
on its way to something else. And when you have that kind of connection, Patrick can explain it better. Well, Chimera is, uh, is on a hillside. And um, basically, between the, there's walk paths between the houses. And it's also draining sewage down through these pathways down into the creek at the bottom. And the water is being piped from the other side of the hill down through the creek and back up and they fill tanks and then they I mean, it use looks, it looks clean so it must yeah, be it looks clean, clean it's, it's but, not typhoid uh, doesn't have a color oh my gosh yeah, yeah. right the typhoid was a big big problem which the, the so when they receive the buckets when we got to go back and see some of the follow-up visits when they receive the buckets they're not only just getting clean water and they're getting the gospel message which changes their whole perspective but they're also saving money on medical bills on medicines to, to try to get over the things that they keep getting repeatedly and the amount of time and, and coal that they're buying coal. They live in one room about the size of this uh, studio and there's six to eight people living in one room. That's their kitchen. That's their bathroom. That's their bedroom. That's their living room. And they're all living together. And it's one of the cleanest environments inside of that because they are very clean people. but They live in a very dirty place. It's amazing. I I don't think we understand here. Most of us, some some do, some some of our listeners mm-hmm. may grasp Amen. this, but through my my friends, especially, and I'll, I'll give him a call out because I'll know he'll catch it on online. And that's my our friend Pastor George. Mm-hmm. And you know, these people go to work to earn enough money to feed their family today. Right. You know, when when COVID hit the United States, everybody was told go fill your pantry. You know, they don't have pantries and they don't have pantries. They don't have refrigerators. If they don't work today, they don't eat today. When COVID hit, they, they were people starving. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they had curfews and lockdowns. And so you could only come out of your house on certain days of the week and then good luck finding what you needed. If uh, You're hit and miss whether it was even available in your area. Totally different lifestyle than what we're used to here. Uh, because we here we have food banks. Um, they were shocked that we had um, the the stimulus programs, the government stimulus programs, because they don't do any of that. They're, you know, it's just so it is truly a needy third world location. Let's let's shift just a little bit in our last few minutes here, because while you were there, you heard about um, the Shema Academy, mm-hmm. which is connected to I have to read my notes because. Um, this is a new phrase to me, the Mercy Children's Center. The school is the Shema Academy. Correct. And so you found this academy. I thought it was very sweet. That, the, Patrick, it just really pulled on your heart, and I love that. I love that. And you guys were willing to do whatever. And I remember um, your first real trip specifically to go to the academy. Sophia, you bought blankets. And they weren't elaborate blankets. They're like the the... Two and a half dollar blankets that throws at Walmart. Yeah, and just please. So, it, first of all, the thought of you packing that many blankets, I'm thinking, how many suitcases are you taking? But share, share with our listeners what, how many kids were there and what did you find? What did you learn through that? I'm, I'm always amazed. The things you pack, and it's like, where did she get that? And you get there and it's exactly what they need. God just really speaks to you. Anyway. <laughs> so, I did not want to show up to an orphanage with empty handed. And so I prayed and my friend Linda Palmer play, prayed and um, uh, Jonathan Carson is a, is a pastor in Baltimore and Mina, who's the director of 
the Mercy Children's Center um, is actually licensed through him. That's how, that's how we were connected. And uh, different churches within our organization have donated money there. And we thought, well, we're going to be in Kenya. How, you know, we'll just go over and visit. But it's on the other side of Kenya. But anyway. Yeah, it's what? An eight, you told me eight-hour drive? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's, yeah. it's not like next door. It's anyway. not. Well, yeah, it's the, about a mile from the Tanzania border. Okay. Yeah. So uh, so we we decided that we would take blankets. And um, and so they're fleece blankets. And went down to the dollar store, and we so uh, and we got the large vacuum seal bags. That's how I managed to get that many. We took ninety six blankets. Oh wow! <laughs> and uh, and vacuum sealed them in, and that's how we got into what stayed within our, for the most part, within our um, our number of luggage that we could take overseas, and. Um, which was really funny when we got there and we unvacuum sealed and they were just popping open everywhere. But um, what we didn't know, we were just going with what we felt the Lord was leading, is that an arsonist had come through and burned uh, down their their dormitory and and all of their clothing and all of their blankets went up as well. So they didn't. A lot of the kids did not have blankets. So there was eighty six kids there when we went there in December, and some of them didn't have blankets. And some of them didn't have blankets. In December. So we're going to fast forward because we're, I just looked at the clock because there's a point to this. So Mina went into the village and told them what they were doing. What was the end result of that? Because again, there were 86 children. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what happened? So uh, him and his wife shared their testimony within, within the village and the village leaders got together and decided that this would be a great place for all of their orphaned children. And so they opened the gates one day and there were... Lots Do- more. Dozens of children with only the clothes on their back. They'd have more children by the end of the day than they started with. Than they started well, with. They asked, they requested uniforms. And one of the things, one, they wanted uniforms because they wanted all the kids to look the same so that there wasn't orphans or not orphans at the school. But they also wanted the uniforms so that they knew which kids were sneaking in during the day because they would have children sneaking in during the school day and then suddenly they're sleeping there at night. Wow. So you guys were just there in September. September. And um, we'll do the Reader's Digest version of this because we are, the clock is ticking down. Um, So when you went, when you came back and you said there's 86 kids and they didn't have blankets, I was like, shoes, because we've covered the shoe that grows. And um, so I said, let's, let's, let's do a thing. So I wrote for a grant that helped us with Mm -hmm. seed money. And, and it's not about me, but, um, so our whole goal was to cover 100 pairs of shoes. Yes, we were going to. We had this really great idea that we were going to bless them with more shoes than they needed. Yep. And you, and you get there and you you WhatsApp me <laughs> with, um, here's the real need. And that number was? 317 pairs of shoes. Through your church affiliation and different things. And we'd done some call outs on social media donations had come in. Neither one of us really had an idea where we were at with that. But you messaged me and you're like, we need 317 pairs of shoes. And I'm like, just do it. And I'm thinking, I don't know how I'm going to tell Steve, we may have just bought a couple hundred pairs of shoes, but the need is there and I'm not going to let it go. And you felt, I think the same way, but God, this is one of those, but God stories and, but God provided. He did. When we went back, I went back to my board of directors and I said, this is the need. And they said, well, how much money is in the account? And when I went back and opened the books, and I'm, mind you, I'm in Kenya 
on my cell phone trying to check out an Excel worksheet. And um, it was the oil and the bread um, and the and the flour from Elijah. And there was money in there that we didn't realize was in there. And so you and I uh, patted ourselves on the back and raised $2,000 for shoes. God raised $6,000 for shoes. That God. So we're out of time. Quickly, how do our listeners find out more about the Bucket Ministry or how do they reach you? So uh, they can reach the Bucket Ministry at thebucketministry.net and me at uh, acsforgod.org. So if you'd like to read our original story about the Bucket Ministry and how it got started, simply go to our website, christianlivingmag.com, scroll down to September 2019. Folks, I'm sorry, we've gone long this week. This brings our time to an end. We invite you back next week when we have another special guest in store for you, someone who will encourage you with hope and inspiration. Until next time, God bless. This has been Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine, where it's our desire to deliver faith, hope, encouragement, and perhaps a new perspective about God's love to our listeners and readers as we showcase the hands and feet of Christ at work in our community and beyond. For more information on today's program, the magazine itself, or to subscribe, go to www.christianlivingmag.com or search Christian Living Magazine on Facebook for an uplifting start to each day. Christian Living Magazine is free to pick up in over 600 locations throughout the Treasure and Magic Valleys and in Central Idaho through McCall. Our mailing address is Christian Living Magazine, P.O. Box 867, Meridian, Idaho, 83680. Or you can email us at christianlivingmag at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week.